Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. If you lost Survivor and you're feeling down, David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how. You played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank lost. And this is why Blank lost. Oh, baby, this is why Blank lost. Welcome to this week's edition of Why Blank Lost. I'm David Bloomberg, and I had two great intros planned, but T-Bird used one of them, and it turns out almost nobody would have gotten the other one because it's Illinois-specific. So I'm just going to introduce my co-host, Jessica Lewis, who is definitely a shark, not a minnow, and certainly not poop. Now, shut up, David. Well, You're such I, a passenger. Well, actually, actually, I'm pretty sure I'm the one flying this thing right now. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is true. This is your show. I guess I'll let you run with it, it the way that you want. Show. You are the co-pilot. <laughs> but that's, I guess they don't, they don't have co-pilots. You're either a pilot or you're a passenger. I know. Isn't it? It's really limiting that there's only two options. And that's and it's interesting, too, because at one point, War Dog was even talking about how he was a passenger in his own plans, too. It was it's it's fascinating, the whole passenger versus pilot and GPS things that are being discussed on Survivor. <laughs> yes, as well as sharks, minnows, poop and other sea creatures that Aurora was talking about that was just confusing everyone. Oh, my God, it was amazing. Everything was so amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, so we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. And uh, I need to start by saying something I almost never say. Yes. That was a live tribal council. Oh, I know. And uh, the only annoying thing about this being an actual live tribal council is the number of people, including, of course, Jeff Probst, but also some survivor writers who should know better, who are using it to say things like, there have been a lot of live tribals lately. No, there haven't. <laughs> it is rare, incredibly rare. And almost every time it appears to be a live tribal council it turns out the plan was already in place people stuck to it and you know it wasn't really no matter what they want to promote yeah that was certainly not the case this time though. no and i love oh there's so many things we need to discuss about it because the way that certain people use that tribal council to their benefit and then obviously other people didn't and yeah. wrecked things for themselves. It really was a great example of a live tribal council that we've never seen before, which makes it right. so exciting. Yeah, but 
Before we get to that, I, uh, I need to make a correction or at least a clarification from last week because I had wondered if maybe David told Wardog about Ron and Eric's pitch to him and Rick, leading to Wardog using that in his discussions with Gavin and Julia. Uh, Wardog laughed at that idea on Twitter mm. and said he had no conversations with David up to that point since day 17, uh, which is also the reason we never saw them together on the show. Uh, Wardog also answered the question from last week as to why he was the one who reached out to Rick instead of them having David do it, which might have seemed more logical. And the answer is because they weren't talking and neither Kelly nor Lauren were talking to Rick. So Wardog was like the only one left. That's so fascinating to me that they were like, they really were uh, a a little dysfunctional. Dysfunctional. (laughs) Yes, that's the perfect way to describe it. Yeah. With certain people not talking to other people, I can't even imagine how that must feel. Because when you're out there, even though you might not be getting along with someone, you still try to have conversations with them. But to completely shut them off and just say, I'm not talking to them, is that's that's a big move. That's a real big move. Yeah. So um, now on the plus side of what we discussed last week, we talked about how a lot of people severely criticized Rick for his move. And I mentioned that some people were just jumping in with immediate judgments without considering how much we don't see, which led some of those people to come to conclusions when they maybe should have waited uh, to see what happened. For example, Rick's critics said he broke his relationship with David. Nope. Mm -hmm. They said he could never get back together again with the rest of the lesu. Nope. Mm -hmm. They said he had no plan. Nope. Three strikes, you're all out. (laughs) I don't think that the claims that people were making about Rick seemed really far off because all of that does kind of make sense. When you look at where he was coming from, the things that had happened and things he had said, yeah, it doesn't seem too far off base to think he's never going to work the lessus again. And, and that he got a little emotional and all of those things that we all kind of agreed with. Yes. I mean, we could see that being a fair assessment, but wow, he totally did flip everything this week. And I think was, probably one of the best like tribal council survivor moments we've ever seen in how he used his position. And really, I mean, as we saw it completely flipped the script. So I, I think that Rick is, I'm so proud of Rick. I'm so yeah. proud of Rick. I mean, to me, it's, it, it's, yeah, I understand what people were saying, but you can't jump to those conclusions. You can't say, oh, my God, he did. He that was the worst thing ever. He had no plan. He's just tagging along with the commas. No, he had a plan. Mm-hmm. And I said it at the time. I said he probably has a plan. He probably connected with we knew he connected with Julia, yes. mm-hmm. I mean, Julie. And, uh, you know, he had a plan, which he talked about. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this idea that you can judge someone's entire gameplay by one scene, it would be like if you saw a couple walking in the park and they suddenly got into an argument and you said, oh, they're getting divorced. Yeah. You have no idea. We saw one argument he had with Wardog. Right. And one discussion he had with David. And right away they come back and he's like, we're still good, right? Even though we voted differently. Oh, yeah, we're good. Yeah. You know. And I think that we saw that with Rick when he was explaining kind of his all in mentality at this point in one of his uh, web confessionals because he was voted out, got to come back into the game. He's taking a much different approach. And I and I do see this as kind of an all in gameplay because he really is doing things that we don't see survivor players normally do. He's taking much larger risks 
But they seem to be working for him. At least they did this week. I mean, it all came together beautifully for him this week. So I, I give him a lot of props for having that idea that even though he got voted out, he's not using it as an excuse to kind of fall back and hide. He's actually using it as a, as a way to step forward and really shine a light on his game. Right, which is exactly the opposite of what people were, some people were saying last time. Right. Of, oh, he's just hiding. He just wants to get a few more steps. No, that's the opposite of what he was doing. You just didn't know that. Yeah, see, David, so, you're right. you personally. Yes, <laughs> yes. thank you. <laughs> we got to say that. We should say that at least once every, every podcast. Well, I certainly agree with that. All so. right, we could do that. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, now, speaking of last week, we made some attempts at trying to predict what would happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yours grabbed quite a bit of attention from people on Twitter, but unfortunately for you, it didn't come true. You know, and I told uh, everybody that I'm like, listen, it won't be right, but it sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I tried. <laughs> yeah. So neither of us foresaw Julia getting voted out, but that's who we'll be talking about, you know, for most of the rest of the podcast today. I would usually now go into how we will pull together information from everything we see on TV, along with web clips and Twitter press conferences to figure out how she did. But there were no web clips this week. Zero. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was the prediction and the preview, but literally nothing else. And I've seen some people talk about this like, oh, they probably didn't have time. There was only one day in this episode. There's always going to be something. They could have thrown us a small bone. Mm-hmm. They gave us nothing. Yeah, they're messing uh, with so, us a lot. Yeah, that 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 annoyed me. Um, but at least to make up for it, there were a number of Twitter press conferences that helped fill in some blanks. And, you know, of course, we'll still take a look at that information plus everything else uh, compared against the rules I wrote after Survivor's first season and have been updating ever since, which people can find at robhasawebsite.com slash survivor38rules. Or, as we mentioned last week, and as people may have seen on Twitter, uh, you can get a shorter but much more colorful version of the rules in another way. Yes, you should definitely think about ordering a poster of all of the rules that David Bloomberg has created. Eric Reichenbach created a beautiful representation of each rule on a poster. It's 11 by 17. They're $20. You pay for shipping. I will send it to you. I love how you referred to me as the shipping department. So thank yeah. you very much, David Bloomberg. I, I am the shipping department, but they are absolutely beautiful posters. And I framed one the other day and it looks fantastic in a frame. So you should definitely check out the link. And it is T-I-N-Y-U-R-L.com. David slash. slash. <laughs> I'm sorry, I always get that wrong. David Rules Poster. So tinyurl.com slash David Rules Poster. That will bring you to the eBay link and you can place an order there. And we do have a limited quantity, and I will just throw this out there. I plan on bringing the posters to the live know it alls on Wednesday. So if you want a poster, you better get on it before I pull them off of eBay, at least limit the amount on eBay so I can bring them to the live know alls and sell them there. But if we sell out, we'll order more. So just <laughs> be mindful. I'd love to sell out. That would be great. But this is the first run. This is the first run. Yeah. And I'm actually toying <laughs> with the idea of maybe going a little bit bigger. I don't know. I mean, the 11 by 17 is a nice size. You can put it in a frame. It looks great. I don't know if people want larger size posters, but it would be a little more expensive. But we'll get there. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Uh, 
Uh, and also, this relates to a correction, another correction that I have from last week, because I mistakenly said that Kelly is on the poster as part of the witches' coven. Uh, I was wrong. I misremembered. I remembered that there were witches there. But those witches are actually the Black Widow Brigade from Micronesia. And I have no idea why Eric, of all people, would portray those lovely ladies as witches. Mm. Um, <laughs> well, you know, it's funny when you said that. I, I paused and I was like, wait, yes, Kelly? You did. I, and I was like, yeah. oh, maybe. I, but in my head, I was like, I couldn't quite get there. But I was like, well, he knows more about this than I do. So I'm going to yeah. go with it. But yes. No, I mean, yeah, I, I can understand, uh, of course, why Eric would uh, portray them that way. And uh, it really... They are great representatives of the first rule. Yes. Oh, I agree entirely. But yeah, you, so. you threw me off there for a moment. <laughs> so, um, but uh, anyway, before we get to these rules this time, I do think we need to fill in a few blanks about what happened at Tribal Council. And some of this is from tweets, as I mentioned, but none of it is spoilery. So don't worry about that. It just gives more information that we and see and helps us piece together the puzzle, which I always appreciate. So, first, the plan going into Tribal Council was supposed to be all of the comma joining back together to vote out Kelly. And Julia said that, on Twitter, of course, that all the comma knew this, and they even knew that Kelly thought the plan was to vote out David. Mm -hmm. Victoria confirmed this in her own tweets. Uh, so even though Ron and especially Julie thought they were being bamboozled, they really were part of the main plan, though I could certainly understand why they might have doubted that. Mm -hmm. After all the craziness was done, Julia tweeted that War Dog stood up and counted all the votes. So she said she knew she was getting the boot at that point, in part because Julie wanted her gone and wouldn't budge. So everyone knew how the vote was going to go, uh, though David and Rick must have still been a little paranoid to play the idol which David actually confirms for us in the sneak peek video of the upcoming episode that was uh, more recently posted, like on Saturday, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, and he said it could have all been theater. And, well, I, I mean, I guess it could have all been theater, but everyone there would have had to be Academy Award winners oh, for yes. all of that to be a theater. Yes, that was um, incredible to watch. So, in any case, Aurora voted for David, that one vote that he did get canceled. Uh, because even though she knew what was happening, she told Julia that she would never vote for her, which just seems like a strange thing to happen for someone who was herself blindsided by Julia just a few days earlier. Mm -hmm. But I guess we'll have to figure that out at some later date. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it was it was incredible to watch it all happen live it was really yeah. quite fun. And over again, yes. Oh my word! I I tell you, there are some of the best best comments during that tribal council. I still can't figure out what my favorite part is, but there were so many great moments that I really just they were just like have you ever seen Jeff Probst ask a survivor if something really did happen? I don't remember him ever like directly <laughs> asking that question. You know, when David tells his story about the sharks and minnows to see Jeff go, did that really happen? Like, it well, was he <laughs> He knows David's a writer. He could be coming up with his own metaphor. Well, right. Know. But I i don't think I've ever seen Jeff almost call a player out like that. You know, or usually Jeff will call people out on something they're talking about with the game or that they're not really answering a question. They're trying to avoid talking about stuff. But to just call like 
basically be like, you're making that shit up. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, making that poop up. Yes. I don't think I've ever seen Jeff do that. And that I thought was hysterical. I, I loved that. That was great. Yeah. I, I mean, what I liked of his reactions were first when he was looking at Julie but then saw yes. uh, saw Julia out of the corner of his eyes and we saw him like looking back and forth mm-hmm. trying to catch everything. And then also once they all started arguing, he just kind of sat back and crossed his legs yeah. and was like, okay, let's see what's going on here. Oh, it was, that was, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. And then I think my second favorite moment was when Ron suggested voting out Victoria as she's standing right there and he yes. like pointed at her. He's like, you want to vote, vote out Victoria? Like, that was, yeah. that was so like, great. That was just, I love Ron's face in that moment. Just kind of like, well, whatever at this point, you know, we yeah. might as well just talk it all through. <laughs> oh, it was so much fun. So much fun. Yeah. And you know, it, it looked to us on TV, like Rick was the one who pulled together the seven and you had, you know, suggested the same thing earlier. And he even won both a fishy and survivor Reddit player of the week for it. Mm-hmm. But according to Julie on Twitter, war dog played the most instrumental role in the vote. He's smart as hell. He definitely analyzed the situation and capitalized on the meltdown. Oh, yeah. Now, I wasn't there, so I can't really say much about that point. So I have to surmise that Rick had the idea, as we saw, and maybe Wardog jumped in and pushed it, bringing along Kelly and Lauren, Mm -hmm. because we did see him basically negotiate on Kelly's behalf while she was still trying to figure things out with Julia and Aurora. Yes. So, you know, but it didn't look like it would have happened without Rick. So I don't know who you call the most instrumental or if they were just both instrumental. Well, and what I think was so great about Rick's play and War Dog's play, because it was almost like a domino effect where Rick mm-hmm. kind of set it in motion where he stepped up and said, hey, you know what? Maybe we should all come together because that's what Aurora is suggesting. You know, we should actually do. And he did the math and he's like, that's seven. And so once that idea was out there and the response to it from people like Julia and Aurora was just the completely wrong response. You know, where they shouldn't have responded angrily and like kind of made fun of Rick for even thinking something so oh, crazy. We'll, well, we will. But <laughs> but I but I think War Dog saw that and then he capitalized on it. So it was it was just this domino effect that like once Rick got it in motion, War Dog was like, I'm going to keep this going. So I give I give War Dog huge oh, yeah. props as well. Because he saw exactly where things could end up and everybody just kept pushing that narrative and, and moving it forward. So all of them really came together. They all, I think, responded incredibly well for the situation that presented itself and they took advantage of it. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't really, no matter which of them was most instrumental, both of them played important roles. Oh, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. So. All right. So. I think now we've set the stage with figuring out what happened at tribal council. Uh, So we can move along and get to the rules and figure out why Julia lost. So we will start with the first rule, which, of course, is to scheme and plot. And unfortunately, we didn't get to see a whole lot of Julia in the early goings. Mm. Well, or the middle goings, for that matter. (laughs) Um, we, We started seeing more of her recently. And then... You know, Julie suddenly said in the beginning of this episode that Julia has been running the show for a long time. It was like, what? What? I what? know that really what? frustrates me. Like, I feel yeah, like we've it, been cheated. Yeah. I mean, it would have been. Well, imagine how she feels. Yeah, that's you true. Know, it it, it, it would have been nice for them to show us some of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, now, even though it wasn't made obvious, there were some ways to tell that Julia was active in this regard. For example, RHAP and former Reality News Online blogger Sarah Channon said on Twitter that while Julian Victoria had the narrative role on the comma dynamics in the show, it's noticeable from on-screen interactions that Julia was regarded as a big player in game and one of the go-tos when making a move. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that assessment just because I do feel like she was always part of the conversations that we were seeing with Kama. She might not have been someone who appeared to be more vocal about making suggestions, but sometimes you don't want to be that person because unfortunately, then you're the person that ends up getting targeted. So I think she was doing a nice job kind of finding a good balance where she was talking to the right people. She was on the right side of the numbers. She was with the majority, but then it just completely flipped and she went (laughs) way. Yeah. yeah, We're going to get there. But I think initially, yes, I think she was doing a good job of finding that balance and being with the people she needed to be with and not being the one who was a Ron and Eric, you know, where people were like, Oh, there's a dynamic duo right there and we have to do something about it. She wasn't part of anything like that. Yeah. And we did get a few glimpses though. Maybe not on TV itself. Uh, Julia talked about how she was trying to make real connections back in an episode two web confessional. And then in one from episode four, Aubrey talked about Julia watching her every move, which is, of course, something a strategic player would do. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also was the one who searched Joe's bag while Ron kept him occupied. And we we talked about her several times regarding her strategy of voting out bigger threats to go to Extinction Island, which, you know, going to come back and haunt her now. Oh, I know. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah, well, um, you know, more recently in the web confessional for episode eight, Julia talked about how Rick Aurora and Wardog seemed willing to work with her when they were on the reward with her. And, you know, Wardog and Aurora did work with her right away while Rick thought he was. Uh, and we already talked about how Aurora was so dedicated that she wouldn't even cast a vote against her when she knew Julia was getting voted out this week. Uh, you know, we don't know exactly what led to all of this other than the conversation we saw Julia having with Wardog about Eric and Ron last episode. Mm-hmm. But she said on Twitter last week that there are conversations and relationships that you simply don't get to see in 42 minutes. And, you know, that was certainly true for her. She also added last week that there was plenty of time out there to think through numbers and waiting one more vote to flip was a dead end. So while we don't know why she thought waiting a vote was a dead end, we at least know that she was thinking things through strategically. Yes, I do think that she was thinking things through. I do think she miscalculated her numbers, though. And I said this last week, they jumped the shark. I think that this is a good representation. One more rule. Wait, one more rule. (laughs) I just can't, David. I know. (sighs) I'm anxious. You need to hang a poster in your room (laughs) so that you can see. You know, that would be really helpful. Then I would have something to (laughs) refer to. Oh, I like this idea. Definitely a good idea. So um, now we do also know that Julia didn't strategize adequately in some ways when it came to this vote. In particular, it seems like she, Gavin and Victoria didn't make any of the possible allies feel truly comfortable, which obviously is always key. Mm -hmm. You know, Kelly figured out that people were acting weird. David and Rick independently determined that David was a likely target. And Julie felt like she was completely out in the cold, saying in tribal council that the others had not strategized with her and just told her how to vote at the last minute. 
as Stephen Fishback said in his People blog, making your allies feel safe and secure is one of the most important things you can do on Survivor. And that's certainly true, especially true after a big shift in the game. Well, they've at least or she at least did that with Kelly because they had Kelly completely fooled and wow. Kelly thought that they were voting for David. Well, so it so it sounded like she was spending more time on Kelly than anyone else, really. And I don't know why there wasn't more time spent with everybody and not just Kelly, because if you're. If that's the person you're voting out, I can understand why you're trying to make them feel comfortable. But you still have to remember there's this group over here and that's a number of people that could come together and completely screw up your plans, which is exactly what they did. Right. Right. So I know you're itching to get to the second. I rule, am. So, you know, we just talked about or I just talked about how Julia wasn't scheming enough in some ways. But now, of course, the second rule tells players to avoid scheming and plotting too much or too openly, and yeah, it is possible to do both. And, of course, the rule also says not to backstab too soon. And I know, you know, you're you're bringing that up. I know some other people are saying that is why Julia got the boot, because she and her allies turned on the other commas before they needed to. And so besides you, uh, <laughs> Stephen said in his blog, by flipping on their alliance at the merge, Julia and Gavin gave themselves an almost impossible task. Uh, so I will let you make your case. <laughs> Before I shoot it down. Well, oh, oh, wow. I like this as a challenge. So I'm going to start with what Rick said in Tribal Council when they were talking about there was this discussion happening about comma coming together and and being comma strong again. And he pointed out, he's like, yeah, why don't we ask Eric and Aubrey and Joe how they feel about comma strong? And that was such a fantastic thing for Rick to utilize in that moment, because he's reminding all of the people sitting there. Those three people thought the same thing. Those three people thought it was comma strong. And that had been the discussion from before the merge that and Julie, Julia said it in multiple web confessionals that after the merge, they were going to stay nine strong and that, you know, she was going to consider other options. But that was the plan is, is comma strong, no matter how we end up getting swapped. I mean, there was this idea that it was comma strong. So she is one of the people who is touting this and really kind of carrying it. And then for her to think, well, I I need something on my resume. I've got to make a big move. And this is my opportunity is to vote out a comma player. We're going to go after Joe. We're, we're not going to include Aurora in that. So we're going to kind of toss Aurora aside for just this vote, get rid of Joe. But then we still have the numbers. And it's it, they didn't by doing that. They actually lost a majority. It was like nobody was doing math at that point because then it was six, six. and. War dog is always doing math. I, War dog really is always doing math. And so <laughs> you can't have a majority until you actually have a majority. And I guess that's the part that I struggle with is that if you want to claim that you have a majority and that you are running the game, you actually need to have one. And all you're doing is taking all of these potential people who could be part of that majority and you're voting them out. And you are also... Uh, you're you're killing potential relationships with people you're playing the game with. So you are affecting the ability for them to want to vote with you. And then you're making people like Julie question who she can trust because she's being left out of things. So it's it's kind of like a, a bad mix all around where if you want to make a big move, certainly you can do so, but you need to do it at the right time. You need to make sure the relationships are all strong. And if you're going to do something like this, look at what's on the other side. And she had this idea 
that there was no chance that Lesu would ever come together again and that they would ever be able to work together again. But they're like the the island of misfit toys. And they're all coming together because they are seeing exactly what's happening because it's happening in front of them because they're sitting there looking at them. All of these three comma people are staring back at them. And so Rick, Wardog, they all jumped on this on this ship, if you will. And I don't know if you want me to get into the tribal council comments, but she really buried herself with a lot of the comments and the things yeah, we'll, that she said. We'll save that uh, for several rules from now. But, but I do, I do uh, think that that patience is a virtue, and in a game like this, sometimes patience is the best mechanism for you to move forward. And I get the idea that they want to have a resume and they want to have made a move, but by making a move, you then have people who start looking at you. And questioning what your motives are, and it shines a light on you that didn't need to be there. And so your resume ends up becoming very short because you get yourself voted <laughs> out to, you know, tribals later. Yeah. I mean, do I think that they flipped too soon? Yeah, probably. Uh, but, you know, Julia had tweeted that they couldn't wait another vote, like I said, and we just don't know why. And that's and true. So, we don't know why. You know, we, we don't know why they couldn't have waited. And, you know, you talk about how they they assumed the less who couldn't get back together. To be fair, half of them weren't talking to each other. I mean, that had to be pretty clear. If Wardog's not talking to David, David's not talking to Wardog. Uh, Kelly and Lauren aren't talking to Rick. Rick isn't talking to either of them. You know, it, it's like, oh, yeah, it, it, you can understand why people would come to the conclusion. Oh, they're not getting back together again. And And the thing is, what I am going to shoot down here is the thought that the loss came solely because they made a move too soon because that is results oriented thinking and ignores everything else that was going on. Now you didn't do that. You brought in other factors, but some people aren't because they could have still been just fine. If things hadn't spiraled out of control, that didn't have to happen. Mm -hmm. As Rob said on know-it-alls, they screwed up a lot of things after the flip. Yes. Yes. And you know, I, I, I would also add, that it didn't help that they only had one day to mend fences, whereas it would have been two or three under normal circumstances. And they didn't know that was going to happen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there were a lot of things there. It was not just that they flipped too soon. I mean, they probably did, but they still could have, have, have managed to carry on. But one part of the problem was that the three of them had too many plans going on and couldn't even decide among themselves yes. which was the best. Yeah, and, and you know? there was a lot of egos, I think, in the way. A lot of people's egos because it, I know Gavin was frustrated because no one was listening to him and everybody wanted yeah. their idea to be the one that was going to move forward. Yeah. I don't know if you call that ego or not because it, it could just be if I think this is the best thing for me, then I'm going to push it. You know, it's not necessarily an ego thing. It's that everybody has to play their own game, which I prefer to when someone just goes along and oh, yeah. doesn't you know play their own game but victoria said on twitter that her core alliance was gavin and julia which was pretty clear and that while she and julia wanted to bring the other three comma back to them gavin wanted their threesome to work with the lesser three as we saw and you know at, at some point they came to a decision apparently after gavin complained uh, to the cameras about how his one vote was overruled by a dictatorship of the others which is actually the opposite of a dictatorship. But, um, you know, that decision was, as we now know, to tell War Kaloran that David was the target. But as I mentioned earlier, it was really Kelly. But Victoria also noted on Twitter that they had to keep comforting both sides, which made everything fall apart. She said, 
Blindsides only work if your alliance trusts you. And yeah, that, that's exactly right. As Eric said on the feedback podcast this week, you can't presume people aren't going to compare notes. And, you know, okay, this time it didn't really happen till tribal council because of the timing. It did end up happening much to Julia's chagrin. Yeah. And the thing that Aurora said about the blindsides, like I get it and it makes sense. But she was also part of a blindside when they voted out Joe. So I don't, I'm not sure how Aurora ended up coming back into the fold and being so significant in this group again, because we didn't really yeah. see much of that either. But clearly there was some fence mending there, but it didn't work with Ron and Julie the same way that it worked with Aurora. No, definitely not. I mean, Aurora took things in stride. She, um, you know, she kind of, she, she viewed things a different way. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas Julie was definitely more of an emotional response to it. Yeah. And, you know, was it hypocritical? Yeah, maybe, maybe a little bit. Um, you know, it, it's kind of like, uh, uh, well, I, I was going to say couples things, but who wants to get in trouble with that? You know, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, when, when you blindside someone by not including them in a vote and, you know, they come back to the fold, but then you get blindsided and you suddenly can't trust anyone, um, you know, a little hypocrisy, a little emotion. But again, this isn't why Julie lost. This is why Julia lost. Yes. So, you know, now we've talked about that group, but Julia in particular had some issues here beyond what her trio was doing. because. You know, you mentioned that she was making Kelly feel better, but I think she was overacting. She was just overdoing it because Kelly even kind of acted it out for us in confessional. And even though she thought the plan was to get rid of David, still, she knew something was going on. She was mm -hmm. suspicious. Yeah. And I'm then, not saying that she wasn't, but clearly in tribal right. council, she was like, all right, that's the plan, right? That's what we're doing. Right. Right. Um, you know, then Julia did it again at tribal council, which drew Jeff's attention, as we mentioned. And, you know, she was trying to make Kelly feel safe, but instead she came across looking suspicious. Yeah. And, you know, the worst was that she didn't just look suspicious to Kelly, but then she started explaining what she was doing and it looked bad all around. Because, oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. This was when things really started going to hell for her. Um, you know, she said on Twitter that she was trying to make Kelly, Kelly feel comfortable, but with Julie's extreme paranoia, her comments to Kelly <laughs> didn't help. And as Stephen again said on his blog, Julia and Aurora tried to placate the j different factions, but they just ended up stirring up more paranoia. No, I do think that Julia did end up handling this in not the best method, obviously. I mean, I know we're not going to talk about tribal council just yet and the things that she said there, but this is one of those situations where every relationship you has or you have becomes very significant if you are going to try to pull off a flip and then bringing people back together and really know you can trust me because you've you've now shown them exactly why they can't trust you. And if you give them more reasons to feel like they can't trust you because you're overdoing it, you're overacting and you're not really being that convincing, then clearly it's not going to help you. And I do think that there was a lot of that happening with Julia. Because like you said, Kelly was even questioning what was what was happening and if she could believe her. But Kelly also seemed to be still with them at tribal council. So there's was it working? Maybe a little bit. But again, you Julia created this world in which she found herself where 
no, trust me, really. Oh, don't pay attention to what I did last week. It's okay that I that I went against you last <laughs> week and uh, didn't tell you what was going on. But this week, no, this is really what I'm doing. That's a hard thing for anybody to accept. And if you don't sell it, it's not going to be to your benefit because you really have to be incredibly good at convincing people that they should believe you this time, even though they couldn't believe you last time. Right. And she did the opposite of selling it yeah. because when she talked about comforting Kelly, well, that appeared to show Rick and David that they were on the outs. Yeah. And then Julia reacted to that and made things worse, which we'll, we'll talk about in the fifth rule. And again, uh, to bring up Stephen, I agree with his take that she should have been more reassuring to her allies, which at the time actually included Rick, but more importantly, would have included Julie. But mm -hmm. That's not the way she acted. And she said things like, you're paranoid because you're not part of the many plans. You know, she told Rick that, which even though she said it to Rick, it contributed to Julie's already existing opinion that Julia was not to be trusted. And again, going to Stephen in his blog. He, he said that phrase, many plans, is disastrous. It tells every single person that she's allied with that she is double dealing. Yes. And you know, one thing I found particularly interesting was that Rick asked in response to that many plans comment if he, therefore, should make his own plan. And you know, she said, go for it, but things are already set. I think that she was counting on the fact that so few tribal councils are actually live. I think she may have known that. Mm -hmm. And so that even when things, you know, seem to go haywire at tribal council, people almost always go with the plan that they'd set ahead of time. But unfortunately for her, this is the one time it didn't go that way. And it really was live. Yes. And I do think that she didn't help the domino effect at all by making no. comments like that. You, she because pushed the dominoes. She, yeah, she is. She's <laughs> helping push those dominoes. She's setting them up for them. She's like, here, let me make it even better for you. Let me give you a higher thing to knock the dominoes off from. I mean, it was really, and it wasn't even just about what she said. It was how she was saying it to people, where she was almost like, it was like, yeah, try it. You know, like she was teasing them a little bit. Like, I don't think you can pull it off. Why don't you see what you could do? You know, and and almost making them feel like it's they're not capable of pulling anything like that off. And maybe it was because she thought no tribal is ever live and no one's going to switch anything at this point. But at that moment, you do need to reassure and not kind of tempt them with a different idea. And that's exactly what she was doing was, right. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. See what you can do. Go ahead. Try to to make a plan. You know, do what you and she like kind of. I don't know, flipped him off a little bit. Kind of like, oh, what? You know, I mean, it was it was so demeaning, really, the way that she responded to Rick in that moment where there's so many plans. Oh, you're such a passenger and just really kind of not helping him feel better about his no. circumstances, but making him feel beneath her and yeah. beneath everything that she had constructed and that he was incapable of making such a great plan at that moment because it was already set in place and everything she had done was finished. And it was it was like a, just a big tease. Well, well, and the worst part was he was part of that plan. I know. You know, I, maybe she thought she was play acting. I it didn't seem like it. But again, we'll get that, you know, to that in the fifth rule. But I, I, I do want to give a little time for Julia to have her own say. Um, she was asked on Twitter if she regrets her answers at tribal council. And she said she doesn't. Uh, adding that there was a lot we didn't see and her responses were in response to other things that were said. Uh, she did acknowledge in another tweet that she and Aurora both said things that played into people's paranoia, and she admitted that she could have made Julie feel more comfortable, but added that Julie's mind was made up 
and she was breaking down before Julia answered. And, you know, that was probably true at tribal council, but we've already talked about some things they could have done differently before that point. Mm -hmm. So, all right. That was a lengthy discussion of the second rule. So let's take a quick break for our sponsor. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. We're back, so let's go on to the third rule, uh, which talks about being in, uh, flexible. I almost said inflexible, but no, it <laughs> talks about being flexible. Uh, and and uh, we've already talked about some differences in opinion among the comma trio that included Julia. Do you think Julia was flexible or, as I just accidentally said, inflexible? Well, you know, it's interesting because she did have this comma strong mantra that she was really selling both uh, before the swap, after the swap, after the merge, you know, it was comma strong. And she talked about it in a web confessional that, that, you know, when they're together, they're winning, but you always have to consider other options. And she was a super fan and she's done her homework. And she talked about how being too loyal and being too deadlocked is not helpful that you have to be fluid. And she said, comma strong in theory, Julia strong in practice. So I think that really shows that she was willing to be flexible, even though she's willing to, yes, I will follow that mantra. I will say that I'm part of the team, if you will. I'm going to look at my other options. And clearly she did. Clearly she changed her mind and it was no longer comma strong, even though she tried to continue to sell that idea. It clearly didn't work out because nobody believed her at that (laughs) point. So yes, she was flexible because she was keeping her options open. Yeah. Now, I, I there were a couple times that I think we need to at least address the question because uh, she didn't like it when Eric wanted to target Kelly instead of David. Mm-hmm. She didn't like it when Gavin wanted to work with the Lesu three. But I, I brought this up a little earlier. Was that a lack of flexibility or was it simply that she was strategizing and realized that other people were trying to take a, things a different way and she didn't think that was the best path? Again, going to what you said well, what she said, um, you know, Julia strong in practice. Mm-hmm. So I do think she was, you know, doing her best to be flexible. Yeah, I think she was. And then she got herself voted out. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that was the third rule. And instead of going to the fourth rule, we're going to flip the order of the next two rules for reasons that will become clear as we go. And it's not just cause Jessica, you were aching to get to the fifth rule. Uh, although that did play a part. <laughs> Shut up, David. Oh, man. <laughs> Again, you're such a passenger. Oh, I, so, that needs to be on a T-shirt. Yes. Well, I, I think uh, I, I, 
Julia actually put on Twitter something out like, uh, hey, Johnny Fairplay T-shirt. So, uh, you know, maybe she's trying to get a shut up war dog T-shirt or you're such a passenger T-shirt. Maybe. That was great because uh, that was very aggressive. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, to remind people why we're uh, insulting each other here. <laughs> The fifth rule discusses how players have to pretend to be nice and play the social game. So the opposite of what we were just doing. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I do think that Julia did a good job of this for most of the game, at least as far as we know. We have no reason to believe otherwise. But then there was tribal council. Yeah. And we already covered the strategic side of, of what she said. So I'm just going to open it up for you here. What's your take on how she acted there? Oh, my God. It was almost... It was like the Mean Girls television, you know, like the, the the movie Mean Girls, where they just they say whatever they want to say, and they don't expect that there be any consequence from what they are saying. And it's and it's supposed to be allowed because of who they are, like their status. And and I always thought that throughout the game, Julia seemed like a level headed, like nice person. But then this whole other side of her came out at tribal council. And I don't know if it was because she really was so convinced that her plan was going to come to be. And it would and that would be the person that would get voted out was who she wanted to have voted out. And maybe that's why she was willing to be mean to people. But she really was just it was just straight up just unnecessary. The comments that she made, I mean, telling War Dog to shut up, I thought was, but that was way at the end, too. That was after. Yeah, I will, I, I will say that was actually, um, you know, obviously that wasn't pretending to be nice, but it was after he said they were ready to vote. And based on what we know now and what I discussed earlier, that meant Julia knew they were voting for her. So it, it was, you know, that had no impact by that point. Yeah, no, it didn't. But I just do think that that her approach to the whole the whole tribal council it was it wasn't trying to make anybody feel better about the situation it was only adding fuel to the fire because she kept saying things and i talked about this before kind of daring them to do it like really you know go ahead and try why don't you mm -hmm. you know see what you can do all of these other plans that are in place and yeah what, what I, you guys are so dysfunctional you're never going to be able to come together it really was like she was daring them to try to pull this off and they really did pull it together that to me was the complete opposite response of what she should have had she should have been trying to bring everybody together and convince everyone that that they were this team and they are working together especially if you know that julie is so upset and Julie is on the outs and it was very clear that Julie was very upset with what was happening. She needs to be the person that you're comforting the most. And she wasn't comforting anyone. And Devin saw that war dog saw that and they jumped on it and they really took the opportunity and the emotional place that Julia was coming or Julie was coming from to give Julie an opportunity to have a voice that Julia wasn't giving her. And they said to Julie, who do you want to vote out? And she really picked. So, I, yeah. you know, I just it, it was a much different reaction where you had War Dog and Devons were really trying to work with the people that felt like they were on the outs, you know, Ron and Julie. And Julia was kind of just tossing everybody aside because for whatever reason, she thought that they had it in the bag. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we talked about it. She said things that were derogatory toward other players, especially Rick. She dismissed him several times. She was sarcastic. Uh, you know, the, oh, you less who you're also dysfunctional. How could you possibly work together? Mm -hmm. And you know, OK, not only was that 
not a strategically good way of stopping the plan from happening, but it just showed such disdain in the moment. And, you know, again, she, you know, uh, you're such a passenger line. How about the asinine? Yeah. And, you know, remember, Rick was on her side coming into that tribal council. They were voting together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but she just lost control of her ability to be nice to him and others in that tribal council. Yeah. And and this leads to the reason we switched rules four and five, because it's a question of as we move, you know, to or back to rule four. Whether Julia had succumbed to her emotions in that tribal council or at any point prior to that. And like with the fifth rule, I didn't see any indication that she was playing emotionally before that point. Mm-hmm. It's the question is whether emotions led her down the path we just described. And well, you know, in her own words, when she was asked on Twitter why she snapped at Rick and Wardog, she said Rick called her aggressive, which she didn't take too kindly to. And Wardog was interrupting her. And when someone says they did something because they didn't take kindly to something another person said, that tells me it was emotional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that in, in a moment like that, you have to remember that you are playing survivor. You're not sitting in the real world. You're not at a conference table at your job trying to discuss something that's happening in your everyday life. You're, you're on an island with hungry people who are tired. And who are all fighting against each other to try to win a million dollars. So there are moments out there where you might want to say certain things. You might want to be aggressive. You might want to have responses like she had, where you're telling someone that things are asinine to her and that you're such a passenger and telling people to shut up. I mean, those are all the things you might want to say, but (laughs) you just shouldn't. And that's why I feel like it was it was such. The two responses to what was happening was so incredible because she was going down the completely wrong path where Rick and Wardog were going down the completely right one because of the they were reacting to what was happening, whereas Julia was just feeding the fire by everything she kept saying mm-hmm. and not trying to improve the situation, just making it worse. So I think she kind of fell into that mindset of, well, I don't like the way Wardog is speaking to me, so I'm going to come back in kind and I'm going to say these things because it's only fair. Well, this is survivor. Sometimes you just got to yeah. keep your mouth shut. You got to not say that because this is what ends up happening. You become the focal point instead of the person that people are getting behind and trying to follow. Yeah. I don't, I, I think you, uh, you're, you're giving a little too much weight on that. You know, she thought about it. She thought that she would go back in, in, in kind. Cause I don't think there was a lot of thought here. I think there was a lot of emotion. I think, uh, she had been trying to control everything for so long. Mm. And then Jeff Probst noticed one thing and called her out, which just led to plans spiraling out of control because she said some things she shouldn't have. And I think Aurora eventually realized that she'd be better, you know, off being quiet. Mm-hmm. But Julia kept digging her hole or like you said, feeding her fire. And I, I think that it was mostly emotional in nature at that moment because she saw her game potentially going up in flames. Yeah. And she's doing everything to not stop the fire. <laughs> You're yes. like, whoa, whoa, let's, we need to, we need to put this out here. Let's try to be nice and let's not, let's not be emotional. But yeah, I think that it really, it really overtook her in that moment. And there, it was just like an angry person that was just, 
it was very reminiscent of Reem in the first tribal council. <laughs> you know, if you know where Reem was yeah, just except the the difference is the decision against Reem had already been made. Well, right, point. but it's still it's it, instead of trying to help yourself, and I think that's how we mm-hmm. kind of look at it, is why don't why don't you do something to better your circumstances instead of making them worse? And that's what Reem was doing. Reem was just kind of solidifying for all of them. Yes, we should vote her out. And Julia was like writing her name down for them on the parchment. Like, here, what about me? <laughs> it's I. It was it was very interesting to watch. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right. So now we can move on to the sixth rule, which warns against being too much of a threat. And a few episodes back, we were kind of confused when Joe was telling Julia how much of a threat she was because the producers hadn't really shown us this version of Julia. Mm-hmm. And also, it was part of Joe's plan to make her feel that way so she would need him as a meat shield, which we thought was a little silly on his part, not to mention that that plan was obviously not a rousing success. Uh, But Julia did say in a web confessional for the double episode that it was a huge concern for her in how people perceive her as a threat. Mm -hmm. She worried that people thought about uh, that because... She talked to everyone and she'd been doing well in challenges. And while I don't think the latter part came into play, the first part does go along with what I mentioned in the first rule about Julie saying in this episode that she felt Julia had been running the show for a long time and she could run away with the game because she's so strategic. That appeared to be why Julia was so adamant about voting out Julia in particular of the group. I mean, obviously it couldn't be Gavin, but. You know, she latched on to Julia, and I think it's because she already had in her mind that that she was a strategic threat. And I do think that she did show her ability to play this game because she did take a group of comma strong and she managed to get them all to kind of flip on each other, which that is a threatening player when they have the ability to wrangle people and, and kind of bring people in and bring and give them an idea that's different than what they were focusing on before. Like, hey, we've been talking about comma strong, but what about this? And this is a really big move because we're going to we're going to vote out Joe. And to have that on your resume, that's a big deal because yeah, you did vote out Joe, someone who everyone's been talking about for a very long time. And so I do think that people probably saw her for what she was able to do and the capabilities that she had in this game, bringing people together, bringing votes together. And that's a that's a scary combination if you have someone who is good in challenges who can make connections with people and can get people to vote other people out that you wouldn't have expected to be the person going home at that moment yeah yeah so so anyway i think that uh, that about says it for rule six and uh, we can move to the seventh rule which talks about idols and advantages i think it's safe to presume that julia knew she had to go look for these and she probably did even though we didn't see it uh, so, you know, because she didn't find anything, not even in Joe's bag. Uh, and, and it was smart uh, on her part and Ron's part to recognize that because they had just swapped, if Joe had an idol, it had to be in his bag or on his person at that point in time if he had one. So, you know, they, it, at least they were thinking about, you know, idols and advantages. It just nothing came of it. Right. And I that was a really... That's a ballsy move right there to go through someone's bag. I got to give her props for that. I really do. Because that that is something that you don't see that often on Survivor. But it is always fascinating when you do see it. And the fact that they were willing to to take that step and to go through his bag, I think, is a big deal. So I do have to give her props for doing that. 
Yeah. All right. We move to Appendix A, which is about the rest of the tribe keeping their end goals in mind when voting. And a big part of this rule is that they should, whenever possible, vote out the weak, then the strong, then the weak, then the strong. Now, given what we said about Julia being perceived as a threat by at least Julie, uh, it does appear they got rid of her, or rather Julie (laughs) did, for being strong. Uh, The rest of them pretty much got rid of her because it was a good way to bring everyone together. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's a great idea. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think um, that's a bad play. So, yeah, uh, you know, clearly Warcaloran did the right thing. Uh, even if they thought they were in on the right side uh, coming into tribal council, uh, Rick and David had good reason to believe that they were on the wrong side, even though they weren't. Uh, so they did the right thing as well. And, you know, also, even if they weren't being targeted this time, David was a likely target in the next tribal council once the commas, uh, reformed commas, Uh, had the majority again if they had held together and voted out Kelly. And it also helped that Rick had a relationship with Julie, which I mentioned at the top of the show uh, and, and of course had discussed last week. And like Julia said, it was smart for the Lesu five to all get back together again. She was right about that. Mm -hmm. And uh, Aurora said something similar, I think. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Okay. Now, as for the commas, Gavin and Victoria just jumped to where the votes were after it was clear what was happening. So they, I mean, all they did was try to, you know, hide basically. And that really leaves the question of whether it was right for Julie and Ron. So Julie jumped ship in large part because she felt left out, you know, not just the previous night at tribal council, but also all day that day. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, you know, that, that she said nobody came to her with strategy and they just told her how to vote at the very end. So This explains where everybody's minds were at and the way it all happened at that tribal council. Mm -hmm. So I I think everybody made the right decision for them at that moment. Yeah, it's tough because when you look at Ron and how he's feeling in that moment, I mean, his face is speaking volumes of what's happening to him emotionally during that tribal council. And Julie is the same way. I mean, she's crying. She's she's breaking down. She's running from here to there. So I think both of them were were struggling greatly with what to do. And there was one interesting scene with Ron when he was talking to Julia and Gavin and I think Victoria, and he's, he's telling them how he could get Julie back. But please, please don't make me do this. And I want to know what it was. Like I want to know what what were they telling him to do that was that was actually like upsetting him because it sounded like it was going to be pretty pretty severe whatever it was they were telling him to do. And obviously whatever it was didn't happen because Julia got voted out. So, I mean, do I think that Ron and Julie did the right thing? It's again, this is going to be a tough call to make because even though they felt like they were on the outs maybe with the comma group now they are with a group that they're still kind of on the outs in a way because that there's the five lesu and then there's the two comma. But then again, they've been at least working with Rick. And I know that Julie has a very close relationship with Rick or wants to have a relationship with Rick. So this might just be the break that everybody needed because it might have just gotten rid of the lesu comma mentality and maybe just created a new actual like tribe of people who are not going to allow prior relationships or prior tribe names to really determine how they're going to move forward. So maybe overall it was what they needed to break everybody. All right. Since we've uh, gone through the rules here, 
what are your final thoughts on Julia? I feel like we were really cheated as far as Julia is concerned because we didn't see much of her at all in the beginning of the game. A little bit more as the game progressed. Obviously, she and Gavin became pretty significant after the merge and made some moves together. And now here we have this huge, incredible live tribal council where she ends up going home. And I just I would have loved to have seen more of Julia during the game so we could we could appreciate it more, I guess. I mean, this was an incredible moment for a Survivor fan to watch, but it would have been even better if we had known a little bit more about her, because a lot of what we're what we're talking about is we think based on Twitter and various comments, but we didn't get to see as much of it as we'd like to have seen. That being said, I do want to talk about Julia coming into this game. I wasn't sure how she was going to end up doing as far as her idea of herself. She believed that she was going to be a very social player and that she was going to make connections, that her educational background was going to help her achieve the things that she wanted with relationships with people because she was going to be able to communicate well. And I do think that we saw her do that. Clearly, she was able to bring people together. She was able to change the votes. But then that all fell apart in this last tribal council. And at one point, she accused Aurora of spilling the beans. And I have to say, Julia, I think you were spilling the beans, unfortunately. Aurora might have been saying too much as well. But I think both of them let some words fly that they shouldn't have and really did kind of cause a group of people to come together. There was chaos that was being created and Julia certainly wasn't doing anything to stop that chaos from moving forward. There was a domino effect in place and she really needed to stop the dominoes and not help build a better domino tower to knock over, which is exactly what ended up happening. Pointing things out to Rick, about how dysfunctional Lesu was and how they could never come together was really just a threat and kind of a tease. Hey, can you do it? Well, they showed Julia that they can. And unfortunately for Julia, I do think a lot of what she said solidified her getting voted out because it really was left up to Julie. Who do you want to vote out, Aurora or Julia? And Julie said Julia. So I just I feel for her because I do think that it it got ahead of her, but she didn't do anything to stop it. She could have tried to make people feel better. She could have used those social skills she believed she had to fix things in that moment. Because as you've said multiple times, tribal councils are never live. And I do think that Julia was believing that, that she walked into that tribal with a plan and that that was the plan everyone was going to move forward on. So spilling the beans, well, Julia really did spill the beans and let Lesu know you all need to come together or we all need to come together. And here's seven. Let's vote against these comma people that don't want us to cause any problems for them. And that's exactly what Lesu did. So sorry, Julia, lesson learned. And we've all learned a lesson. There are live tribals. And she is the first victim to an absolutely true real live tribal. All right. Uh, Julia coming in was apparently in a pretty good position in a solid trio or maybe even a quad with uh, Aurora. And they had pulled off a few good moves and had the possibility of going in a couple directions, depending on how they wanted to approach things. They could have simply stuck with War Caloran and had a majority to vote out David, though it turns out that wouldn't have worked, but they didn't know that because of his idol. They could, or rather, 
Rick's idol, which he had half. Uh, they, they could have brought Ron and Julia back and, you know, just continued pagonging the lesser or, again, at least tried to avoid all the idols on that side. But they couldn't even agree themselves on the best path to take. This led to them trying to be all things to all people, to make everyone feel comfortable and to have plans with every suballiance. But when you're trying to make everyone feel good, you can end up making nobody feel good unless you're good enough to pull off, you know, a, a Dominic and Wendell type of situation. Spend time talking to Kelly and Julie becomes anxious. Act strangely or don't say anything and people will pick up on that as well. It seems like everyone outside the foursome came into tribal council even more on edge than usual, which helped lead to the craziness. She needed to explain to Julie that she would be pretending to calm Kelly down and that Ron and Julie just needed to, in the immortal words of Keith, stick to the plan no matter what they saw. But that apparently didn't happen. And the same could have been said about Rick. She might have even said, yes, Rick, I'm going to I'm going to make some derogatory comment towards you, but just ignore it. I'm just totally trying to throw Kelly off. At tribal council, Julia made herself stand out with her actions and her words. She attracted Jeff's attention, which meant everyone's attention, by trying to make Kelly feel comfortable. In trying to explain things away, she made David, Rick, Ron, and especially Julie feel even more nervous. And then things just spiraled out of control for her as she admitted that she had multiple plans going on, which meant nobody could trust that they were the real plan. And, of course, she reacted poorly to Rick, who actually was part of the real plan. Julia schemed and plotted too much, and when she got caught doing it, her emotions kicked in and she fought. Weeks of social and strategic gameplay fell apart in just a few minutes. But it wasn't really those few minutes that were the problem. It was the 24 hours leading up to it, because she and her solid allies didn't make their other allies feel comfortable enough to not bolt as a result of tribal council discussions. And that is why Julia lost. Shut up, David. (laughs) Three times? Really? I can't help it. It's too much fun. Wow. (laughs) No, that was really great. I should tell you. That was great. But it, that's that's that is such a great you were, line. You were taking on the uh, the role of Julie. Yes, I was saying all the wrong things <laughs> at that moment. Oh my goodness! I, yes. That was. I'm sorry. That was great. I just. I love the. I love it. She was so. She was clearly so angry in that moment. So it was. Good. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, it's time to make you angry because ah, it's prediction. Time. I know, and I think it's so, going to be boring. Honestly. Well, it could be. Uh, You may be picking the same thing I am then because, all right, the first preview showed Rick and Victoria possibly working together. But, you know, anybody could talk to anyone and it wouldn't mean a thing when we see it out of context in a preview and sometimes even in context. It doesn't mean anything. It also showed War Dog as a potential target, which means he is completely safe. Mm -hmm. Um, The second preview showed a lot of people, you know, while telling us nothing other than that there will be two tribal councils. And so we're just going to have to rely on our deductive abilities based on what happened in that very clear cut and clean tribal council that we just finished talking. I know. About. Right. Ugh. no, the, I mean, the, the thing is, is with these double episodes, unless it's like an hour each, I feel like it can't be that significant. If we're cramming two tribal councils into a one hour segment, we have very limited time for any real exciting things to happen. So I feel like it's not going to be very exciting. 
Well, also, I mean, it, it could be. I mean, in theory, it could be. Uh, this was supposed to be one half of the double episode. That's why they didn't have a reward challenge. And uh, oh. and I think they, uh, they saw that uh, tribal council and went, well, okay, we're going to have to postpone that. Uh, so. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's nobody, you know, Jeff Probst hasn't officially said that, but it's pretty clear that's what it was. And so I don't know if that means that they're going to, I mean, clearly they, they probably weren't going to do a reward challenge in the first, what, what would have been the second half, which will now be the first half mm-hmm. of a double episode. I wonder if we're going to go three episodes with no, or three series of events without a reward challenge. I would be fine with that. <laughs> yeah, oh, me too. I, but the people out there are starving, you know, so uh, that, that'll be interesting. Um, but then again, they may show it and it may just be not. You may be right. That's not very significant because Rob said on the feedback show that the chalk picks are Aurora and Gavin. And ding, ding, ding. Those are, <laughs> yes, those are the exact two people I was already leaning towards. Yes. And yeah, Gavin voted with the group, but it was clearly done only to save face. Yeah. And Aurora didn't even do that. Yeah. So now I do think Gavin has the strategic chops to try to find a way out, especially in a chaotic situation. Mm -hmm. I just don't know who he'd work with. I think the Lesus will stay together for at least another couple votes now that they temporarily mended fences. I doubt that all the commas will get back together, especially since. Nobody, you know, it's five, five now. Nobody's going to go to rocks at that at this point right. uh, for this fractured group. Mm-hmm. And Julie will still probably be off the comma ship. Uh, so that makes Aurora an easy target. And then Gavin may simply have nowhere to go. Yes. So, and that made me sad because I do like right. Gavin, but I do feel yeah. like he's just kind of going to be floating out there and no longer has anybody to actually work with. I really, I mean, yeah. if you look at the groups, you've got David and Devons, then you've got War Dog and Kelly and Lauren, then you've got Ron and Julie, then you've got Victoria and Gavin, and then there's Aurora. So it's yeah. like, so I do think that Aurora is probably going to go first, and then I think Gavin's just going to have no place to go because Victoria, we've seen, is Victoria reminds me very much of, um, like in the Hunger Games, there was that one person, and I can't remember her name, but like she was very good at hiding, and then that's how she survived. Is she would just kind of tuck herself into a tree or like into a bush and like nobody would see her. And I feel like Victoria has done very good in kind of putting herself in the right place, you know, where she's moved about. Mm-hmm. She hasn't really caused any, any, you know, ruffles anywhere. And she's got good relationships with people, but she's not standing out. And that's why I feel like they're just going to look past her in this vote. And it's going to end up on Gavin. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so it sounds like we have the same picks, uh, you know, that the obvious targets actually do get the boot this time, mm-hmm. uh, which means I will, if it comes true, I will lose my winner pick. You at, will, you know, live know it all. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness. That's so exciting. I'm sorry. I yeah, shouldn't do that. Yeah. I can't remember if it happened uh, la- once before or if we thought it was going to happen. Um, I don't remember now, but mm. Yeah, so uh so so sorry Aurora if I cursed you by having live know it alls when it you know and, and went back in time and, yeah. and picked you and therefore you had you, to go during live know it alls. You set that in motion. Yep. Absolutely. I did. So all right. So 
Uh, as we wrap up, now that we have uh, made our picks and and they're the same and they're also the same as like everybody else. In I know. The, uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not going to make anyone excited on Twitter this week. I yeah, apologize. No, not this time. Uh, I do want to remind people to check out the RHAP patron program by heading over to Rob has a website dot com slash patron to help support all of the RHAP podcasts and take a look at the various Patreon levels to find out what kinds of perks you can get. Uh, like special podcast videos, buff spells, much more. Uh, of course, one of those perks is early access to tickets for live know-it-alls. The one in Philadelphia that we will be at this coming week in just a few days, uh, that was sold out uh, before it could even get to anyone besides the patrons. And in fact, there were even patrons who didn't uh, get in. So, um, so again, that is a perk. You get a discount and you get first access. Uh, so you can check out everything again at robhaswebsite.com slash patron. And my personal favorite perk is the patron Facebook group. So once you get there, make sure to say hello to us. Yes, you should. And you should also say hello to us on Twitter. You should follow both myself at Jessica Lewis 89. And you can follow David at David Bloomberg. But you have to follow us both because it's much more fun because then you see the conversations between the two of us. And you will get to see information about the Twitter press conferences that you hear David refer to so much throughout the podcast. We also do live tweeting during the show. And it'll be so much more fun this week because we'll be together. Yes. So there'll be lots of David yes, no, selfies. I, you know, I, I mean. Right. <laughs> right. There'll be lots of those. Uh, sure. Yes. <laughs> I can't okay. wait. And, now, yeah, and now, you know, technically, if you take the picture of me, it's not a selfie. No, no, no. You know, we're going to I'm going to make you take a selfie and we're going to oh, okay. well, I'm going to make you hold the phone. So you're taking selfies oh, of us. You see, we're going to okay. we're going to flip the script a little bit. Oh, but yes, definitely. there'll be lots of photos, lots of photos, lots of fun things being tweeted this week. And uh, it's going to be an awesome time. So everyone should definitely follow us again at Jessica Lewis 89 and at David Bloomberg. And make sure you follow us, talk to us, ask us questions. It's really a lot of fun. So, yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait to take selfies with you. <laughs> so exciting. Uh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you love it. I know you do. All right. Uh, so we need a uh, we need a hashtag. And since I don't want the hashtag to be shut up, David, <gasps> come on, um, I, I, I was going going to go with such a passenger. I wanted it to be shut up, David. Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> I knew you were going to suggest that. Just, you know. Yeah. Such a passenger is good. Yeah. So and of course, there's the hashtag for this podcast overall, which is why X lost uh, before we finish. I just want to remind everyone about what Jessica mentioned earlier in the podcast. Uh, and that, of course, was her birthday present to me, the incredible poster that Eric Reichenbach designed uh, with 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 you uh, covering all of the rules that we just discussed. Mm -hmm. So uh, as as you had mentioned, go to eBay via the link tinyurl.com slash David Rules Poster. And we'll also bring some to Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, I'm bringing but, them. They're going to yeah. people are going to buy yeah. them. OK, <laughs> <laughs> you, you heard that, folks. <laughs> I'm very excited so. about it. it is a beautiful poster. Eric did. So I, I can't even I couldn't believe it. He blew my mind when he showed yes. it to me. It, it's absolutely incredible. So, yes, you should definitely yes. twenty dollars. It's not very much money. But yeah, if, and if you buy it at, at the know-it-alls, you don't have to pay for shipping. See, so there's all these benefits. Right. Right. Uh, and uh, speaking of Eric's work, anyone who uh, sees me at the the uh, karaoke party, Bryson Wendell's karaoke party, you will get to see another piece of uh, Eric Reichenbach art. So 
we'll, we, you'll have to figure out what that is. Mm, uh, so you're, so you're going to be a little, I don't even know what you're talking about. So this is interesting. I know. So it's guess what? Piece. Okay. I'm going to throw one right back at you. You ready for this? Okay. So, sure. uh, when you see all these pictures and various posts from the know-it-alls, you might just see something interesting about David Bloomberg and myself. Hmm. Can't imagine what that's going to be though. I, I can't either, actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> you started it. I wasn't even going to mention it, but now, wow. hmm, you'll just have to wait okay. and see. Okay. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, and just to remind people, we are both already married to other people, so it's not going to be, you know, like a, a Joe and Sierra Dawn thing. Yeah, Don't no, even no. start that rumor on Reddit. No, folks. let's not do that. No. Uh, so. But uh, truly, I have no idea what Jessica's talking about. And I don't know what you're talking about either. So this is fun. Okay. Yeah, good. (laughs) All right. So. Very interesting. um, Yeah. Um, But some people who do know what they're talking about are all the rest of the RHAP uh, podcasters. And you should make sure you're getting all the survivor commentary you can handle by subscribing to everybody at com slash survivor or just go to your favorite podcatcher. We're also on the reality TV rehab ups feed. And in both places, you can find the know-it-alls, the wiggle room, uh, uh, this week in Survivor, the B&B, and much more. Uh, so with that, uh, we would like to thank Scott St. Pierre, who does the editing on all the Why Blank Lost podcasts. And thanks, as always, to Will for America for the theme song. Finally, thanks to you, Jessica, for being such a good co-pilot. Aw, thanks. I do enjoy being a passenger. <laughs> <laughs> you have been a wonderful pilot throughout. All of my time here with Why Blank Loss has been really incredible. So thank you again for a wonderful episode. And yeah, and I can't wait to actually get to watch next week's episode with you. This was going to be fun. Yep. All right. So we will see some of you there uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday. And the rest of you, we will see you in a week right here on this podcast. Bye. Survivor and you're feeling down. David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how You played yourself and got voted out This is why Blank lost And this is why Blank lost Oh baby, this is why Blank lost Hey! Have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.